0: Hashtag SAFM Headspace
1: We are moving on now to the next story and we're talking about what's happening as far as our surveillance is concerned after a drawn-out court battle first initiated by Amapungane, Judge Ronald Sutherland at the High Court in Johannesburg has declared the Regulation of Interception of Communications and Provisions of Communication-Related Information Act RECA unlawful not quite sure I should be excited about it, but it's up. seems like uh, some of the things that we've been saying have been verified and now the court has found it unlawful. The RECA is unlawful, at least as far as the judge is concerned, if this matter is not taken on appeal. ama Bungana started legal proceedings in April 2017 after learning that managing partner and investigative journalist Sam Sol- had been the target of state surveillance under Rika while investigating the decision by the national prosecuting authority to drop corruption charges against former President Jacob Zuma. Joining us now on the line is Garabo advanced uh, advocacy rather advocacy coordinator at Amabunga Centre of Investigative Journalism. Good evening, to Garabore. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us.
2: Good evening to you and to your listeners.
1: Congratulations on your victory in court. Do you see it as a victory?
2: It, it is a lecture but just to clarify, so the judge hasn't found Eureka in its entirety unlawful. Okay. And perhaps the best way to explain is that there's two parts to the challenge and the subsequent judgment which we, which we received today. So the first part relates to what what we considered the constitutional deficiencies of Rika. So these are certain aspects of Eureka which we said did not meet constitutional standards in terms of protecting the privacy of South Africans. Um, having sufficient oversight over the manner in which a member of the intelligence agencies could get a warrant to tap phones and so forth. So there are various aspects of RUCA which have been declared constitutionally invalid. So, for example, registering a SIM card will still be lawful. So it's not not in its entirety. What was, however, declared unlawful, and this affects almost everybody, is the state's capacity to intercept what what is called... um, foreign signals or underwater sea cables to what's known as bulk surveillance. And this is surveillance which the state admitted to in its papers to doing indiscriminatory on a large scale to potentially any member of the public who uses a cell phone or who uses the internet. And this is an extraordinary power which the state was using simply outside of any kind of legal framework. And so that the judge declared was unlawful.
1: All right. And I noticed that there are some publications that say particularly surveilling journalists. Is that true?
2: Mm. Yeah. So the reason we launched the application, because one of our colleagues, Samso, had been the subject of of an interception order. So So his communications were tapped for a period of six months. And now if you think about it, he was communicating with various sources, in relation to investigation on into the decision to drop charges against former President Joe Kutzuma. But it wasn't just those conversations which were established to the just every single phone call that Samsung was making. The so personal calls to to family, friends, the doctor and so forth. And that's very invasive. So we're saying on the one hand there's an issue of privacy that the state constantly listened in on telephone calls because they're interested there needs to be a justified reason but for journalists in particular because journalists must deal with sources who wouldn't want to come to a journalist Mm. if they feel as if they'll be vulnerable or they'll be exposed journalists have got a duty to protect their sources so there's a duty of confidentiality so what we see in the legal challenge is that when a warrant is is um is requested from the judge The judge must also consider the profession of the person who who is going to be potentially
1: put under surveillance. surveillance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, uh, uh, we're going to take some more uh, of this uh, after the break. We're going to take a break right now. By the way, the conversation is open to any and everybody. You don't have to be just listening. You can join in if you'd like to. 0891 104 0891 104 We're in conversation with Ama Bungane, talking to us about their challenge of the surveillance and giving us some details, some understanding their interesting stance stuff. Stand by. <coughs> Karabo Rajoyli joins us on the line, Advocacy Coordinator at Amabungane Center for Investigative Journalism, talking us through their victory in court at the South Gauteng High Court and what it is exactly that this means for the rest of us. And now I'm curious, Karabo, when we are talking about this surveillance, would you be aware, would you be made aware by the NPA or whoever who is surveilling you, whatever a state organ that is putting you under surveillance, that you have been put out surveillance or would you be none the wiser?
2: At n- none the wiser. And this is one of the aspects that we were most determined to challenge because the basic principle of justice is that if you are, if, 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 if you face the might of the law, you should have an opportunity to respond or review such, a, such an action. And so whilst, and I think Amar Bungani does recognize the role of intelligence agencies in a democracy. So our application was never to dismiss or um, to try and do away with the intelligence agencies, but simply to bring them into, into light the Constitution. When it, when it comes to getting notification, we said we understand that when it comes to intelligence, there might be a n- need for intelligence agencies to do it anonymously. However, because the, 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 the current regime operates in up secrecy, we said that a subject of surveillance, so if, you are, if, if I'm getting my phone tapped, after the fact, I should be notified so that I can, if I believe that it's been done unjustly, can, can review that decision to be under surveillance. And we believe that, and the judge agreed with, agreed with us on this particular point, and we think that this is a very important accountability mechanism to ensure that our intelligence capacities aren't abused and misused. And that's the kind of thing that we have been seeing, unfortunately, within our intelligence agencies, that capacities which are meant to protect us are being used in political factions or to fight um, journalists or others who are seen as problematic when it comes to holding those in power to account.
1: All right. Now, I want to get an understanding. When the judge, Judge Ronald Sutherland, said uh, mass surveillance, uh, would that mean that there are more than just journalists, people who are being put under surveillance? I'm trying to understand what it means when it says mass surveillance. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So in the, if, if you recall, back in 2008, um, the Matthews Commission issued a report. And in that report, the, the, the commissioner self identified that there's a, a, an institutional body called the National Communications Centre, and it was conducting indiscriminate surveillance on a, on a wide scale. And this simply means that anybody... So the way that, according to the state in its papers, the way that it works is that for all telecoms communications, including underwater sea cables, that is a subject of ongoing indiscriminate surveillance. And this impacts everybody. So essentially anybody who's using telecoms, who's using the phone, who's using the internet, could be caught up in this web of monitoring by the state, which is usually problematic because the intention of a surveillance law is to be used as a means of last resort. And so if crime intelligence or state security cannot find information any other way, then they can target specific individuals to tap their phones or to read their emails and so forth. This kind of wide-scale bulk mass surveillance essentially caught everybody into state surveillance for no reason. So you and I sitting, going about our lives, are suddenly caught up in state surveillance. An incredibly intrusive state surveillance for no reason except perhaps the state may be interested in their activities, but no justification, justifiable reason is given for that.
1: Yeah, I want to take some calls for you, Karaboy, if you don't mind, 891 104 in case you didn't notice, it would appear that everyone, as far as the government is concerned, if they were interested, even though it may not be in the public interest, but if they were interested, they would put you under surveillance, that bulk interceptions I've been asking about. So you too, it's not just us journalists who've been surveilled, uh, but, but you too, it's not just journalists who've been put under surveillance. So don't say it's your problem You deal with it Let's go to Newlands Mike, good evening
0: Yeah, hi, good evening I'm getting to your guest uh, Hi there Yeah, I, I honestly think This is a fantastic victory I'm extremely excited When I hear things today. Uh, I, I sort of come from the era Where my phone was It was back for, for months In those days, it was Very old technology And you could tell quite easily And uh, whether it was My wife's political activities Or mine I know that we would not Sound favour with the state and so, yes, we were back. And, uh, and, uh, it, it, it's just scary now that we seem to be drifting back into the same situation. Uh, there is Sam Cole, an investigative journalist. This man is now, uh, digging up all the corruption and malfeasance that's going on in our government today. And they are spending time watching him. And I think the victory here is apart from the fact that it's now been, it's, it's, it's now been found that he's able to do what the government is doing. So our government is being, uh, spending so much time uh, actually investigating people that is, are exposing them for their corruption rather than actually finding intelligence on what's going on in our country. And I mean, even our government has admitted they would have liked to have a decent intelligence on the, on the uh, rights and the xenophobia problem that we've had in our country. That has not been exposed. Uh, many other crises have gone on in South Africa just recently, and we've had almost zero intelligence. Why is that? That is because the government is spending time investigating Sam Cole, who's busy really investigating the government, exposing the corruption of the government today. And I just look back as well, just quickly, I think of, you know, when I look back, it's like almost reliving the apartheid nightmare. Uh, you know, we've got prescribed assets coming back. I mean, good grief. That is what happened in the apartheid era, where the government was selling. And so they started to steal the innocent people's money to support apartheid. Well, that's coming back. We've got Faith Mazibuko, the NEC, who remember uh, didn't want white or, or, or Indian people to operate in your government, or well, she did, but she was, really, you know, she said you're just lucky to be here. So I, I get this horrible feeling that we're going back into the apartheid era. So well done to Sam Cole; he's exposed our government for being the corrupt government that it is, and also given us the freedom to know that to some extent. We are protected when we make a simple phone call today. uh, And in fact, we are even exposing the government today. Thanks very much, Naya. Thanks to your guest. All
1: right. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate your call. Tia can come back and have our guests respond and conclude our conversation. Stand by.
0: Hashtag SAFM
1: Headspace. Back. You're still listening to the hidden spaces, only our first hour. We're together until midnight. We do have on the line Karabora Joili, advocacy coordinator at Amabunga and a center of investigation, investigative journalism, talking to us about their victory today at the South Hauting High Court and some of the parts of Rika deemed to be unlawful and has been clarified, particularly the mass mass this bulk interception of our communications has been found in mass meaning even you as a member of society not just journalists so don't think that was just sam or journalists even you were put under surveillance purely because you probably just might say something juicy for them to nab 891 we're taking your calls karabu would you like to respond to mike
2: yeah, well, I think Mike is more for a comment than a question. I think you yeah. raised some important points about the, the, the unreformed intelligence agencies and needing to drag our intelligence agencies into a constitutional democracy. And that's what this case essentially does, is that it finally drags our intelligence agencies into a constitutional democracy because we know that under apartheid, intelligence was used as a weapon against people. And so what this case is trying to do is try to reform the manner in which our spies operate and make them more accountable. I and mean, then yes, we need if the spies are more accountable then the resources will be directed to the correct priorities rather than being used in political insights and against journalists or others who are trying to bring about more accountability in our democracy.
1: So exactly who was involved? Which of the state agencies has been involved in this mass interception of communications?
2: Mm. So the specific agency which was identified by the Matthews Commission report in 2008 and then was suggested in the in the state's reply, replying papers in our matter now is a, is a centre called the National Communications Centre. And this has the capacity or still has the capacity to undertake bulk surveillance. But at this point, because it has been declared unlawful, and what's really interesting about the judgment is that in all other aspects, the... The order was constitutional invalidity, invalid but with Balkan settlements and So in other words, unless the state appears with this decision, that bulk surveillance must simply come to an end. It isn't simply a matter of trying to tweak or fix it. It must stop.
1: Do we have any knowledge as to which networks were participating in this mass communication surveillance, which has been sanctioned by the National communication?
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, under under Rika, currently all telecom service providers must are obligated legally to provide the state with, with with information related to the users. so, if you're on a cell phone network, then you're under surveillance essentially. So, the manner in which it it it, it currently works, or well, given what, prior to this judgment, is that if you if you're an MTN or South Africa Vodacom subscriber, the, the 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 telecom service provider is obligated to keep that data and on request of the state to hand over that data. And it could either be the metadata, so not the content of your communication. So, for example, who you called, what time you called them, where you were placed, when you called them. And this is quite revealing information because Mm. this information could be used to, for example, identify that you made many doctors visits, So perhaps... It could be seen that you must be unwell or hmm. for a journalist it could be used to identify that you met certain sources at particular times and therefore reveal this information so, so telecom service providers were, were obligated lawfully to provide this information but also in certain circumstances to provide the content of communication so as with Sam Sol, the actual um, transcript of what was being said in a telephone conversation so our telecom service providers are were implicated or have been implicated by the Rika law and had no way to to um to not to not ob- ob- oblige to this law and so I think this this judgment as well brings some kind of accountability to this as well because there will no longer be the secrecy which allows this to take place
1: with no recourse mechanisms for members of the public. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so uh, Judge Ronald Sutherland said that the aim and scheme of the regulation of interception of communication and the provision of communication-related information, act, which is RECA, is to protect the public, the privacy of the public's communications under the Act. But it would appear that the state was not using it to protect the public. What was their argument in court?
2: Hmm. The, the state made uh, the, the majority of the ag- arguments were probably more procedural rather than substantive so for example the state made an argument that our application was premature because the state themselves were going to do a redraft or review of RECA but Judge Roland Sutherland correctly said that in, as the as state was opposing our application it simply showed they had no intention to try and bring it into a constitutional framework because if they weren't going to oppose then that would suggest that they agreed with some of the concerns which we had. Other other concerns that the state brought were around the separation of powers and they so said that by Amabungan and Samson bringing this application the courts and Amabungan were circling us- the, the the legitimate role of Parliament in drafting legislation. And that's not correct. And as Judge Roland Sutherland ruled our application is not for the court to decide what the amended law should look like. The court has simply said the law itself or certain aspects are unconstitutional. But Parliament, within, the, within a two-year time frame, must then consider the judgment and, and redraft the legislation. So I would say a lot of their arguments were on the procedural aspects of it, but the judgment is very clear that all of those procedural concerns that the state has simply did not hold.
1: To be clear, Sutherland did say that Parliament has two years to rectify the law and to bring into line with the Constitution. not quite sure what that exactly means as far as the surveillance is concerned. I do understand as well that he also ordered that there be immediate rectifications, certain changes may be to be made immediately. What changes would those be?
2: Yeah, so our, our, our judgment has five orders of the court. Okay. And for six of them, my apologies, there are six of them. And so in each aspect, with the exception of Balkan perception, which has been declared unlawful, there is a temporary read-in. And what this simply means is that in the two-year period before Parliament remedies RICA, the temporary read-in provisions will stand. So in other words, things like post-surveillance notification will now need to take place, but Parliament will ultimately be given the decision-making power to give detail, to give full expression to what that should look like in a publicly consultative way so everybody can have their voice heard about what that potentially should look like. What this means in essentially is that there is no gap in terms of the remedy to the law for the next two years. It simply means that this is a temporary read-in, but the Parliament ultimately must finalise and pass a new, an amendment to Rika as a new law.
1: I'm not quite sure what that means, carabo because of what I understand is that uh, the judge said it was justifiable that people were not notified beforehand that they were about and, to be surveilled as this would undermine the very purpose of the surveillance. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that means, if they're going to be told after the fact. Yeah, so, so
2: what, it, what it means is... Because of the nature of surveillance the idea is to for for state intelligence agencies when there is a legitimate crime to be able to go about the investigative work. what the post notification mechanism does so if i'm being if my phone is being tapped and I don't know about it, if I then get information after the fact that you have been under surveillance from the state. I can then make a decision to say, but I don't believe I should have been a target of surveillance and therefore the state must justify its reasons for putting me under surveillance. And this is simply an accountability mechanism. So the state can't freely go about monitoring phones, monitoring internet signals with no accountability mechanism. So so that's the intention of that. So in a um, more physical example of it, when a when a judge gives a warrant to a policeman to come and search a house, you are aware of it. You know that somebody comes to your door with the warrant saying, mm, mm. I can come into your house and search your house. We're saying that because of the nature of surveillance when it comes to telecoms, we don't know that somebody has come into your house your yeah. the telephone. Yeah. And so there should be a way that you ultimately get to know about it so that that can then be reviewed if somebody feels aggrieved by that.
1: Mm. Oh, 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 it's, it's A lot of things are going through my mind right now. But Mm. then again, still, uh, Mm. even if the judge were to then say after the fact, no, you should not have surveilled this person, but they still will be in possession of the information nonetheless. Mm. They would have already violated your privacy already.
2: Yeah, so so this is trying to find a fair balance between the right to privacy but the, the, the role of states surveillance capacities when there's a legitimate crime now one of the aspects of the order does deal with with data retention we had made submissions around the the, the possibility of reducing the amount of time in which the state or telecom service providers hold data of users so we had said that perhaps the the, the period of three to five years was too long Mm. Judge Sutherland said for various reasons that may not be the most contentious issue however what I think uh, the judgment is very strong on is in saying the manner in which data is held, stored, and accessed needs to have more safeguards and oversight. So essentially what we are concerned about is that when the state is in possession of data, so be it in self-communications, there was no clarity or policy around who's got access to that data, how they use it, is it given to third parties, and, and so forth. Mm. What the judgment is clear on is that the manner in which data is used, accessed, or shared needs to be regulated in law. Okay. And again, this is a very important accountability mechanism because it means that the state intelligence agencies constantly give the, the data over to a third party which might be used for illegitimate purposes.
1: All right, we're going to leave it right there. Thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We really appreciate your time and congratulations once again to you and the rest of the Republic.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Karavoy is Advocacy Coordinator at Amabungani Center of Investigative Journalism. It's now time for the final bulletin for today.